I, you're not walking around in your universe. Are you walking around in your universe with a brick wall slamming people into it? I absolutely am. I'm certainly not walking around with a doormat laying it on top of me. <laughs> it's just it's a it's a metaphor for a healthy boundary so welcome to the love yourself louder podcast if you're a growth-minded gal who's ready to walk a joyful journey of living wholeheartedly then you my dear are in the right place my name is nicole de felice and i'm obsessed with all things personal growth expanding our self-awareness, and getting intentional about practicing self-love. This podcast is where you will be encouraged and challenged to unleash courageous confidence and cultivate more meaningful connections in your life. It's time to start loving yourself louder. Hey there, friends. In this episode, Sam and I are back and we're talking about healthy boundaries, getting clear about defining your own boundaries, and how to communicate your boundaries to others. Welcome back, Sam. Hello. <laughs> All right, so boundaries, what do they mean? What do they mean to, I guess, me, because I can't ask you because you have the giggles. So <laughs> boundaries, this is something that I've been thinking about quite a bit, especially the last five to ten years of my personal development so what that means is that is how we control how we interact with others what how we interact with our family how we interact with our friends how we interact with our co-workers our employers our children um, strangers so what we allow people to get away with in our lives and what we you know say hey pump the brakes that's not acceptable in my sphere in my world and and, or my family's world so Mm. something as simple as all right i have friends that can walk through the door without knocking and that's absolutely okay would i allow a stranger or an acquaintance to do that no definitely not no (laughs) so I mean, that's just a very black and white version of setting a boundary. I don't want you to come inside my house without, you know, knocking and announcing your presence. Yeah, like a physical boundary. That's like a physical boundary. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that's... Yeah, that's that's a really good, like, broad definition for sure. I think for me, it's like... um, Healthy boundaries to me is like... Like, compassionately communicating to people, like, what my needs are in order for us to maintain, like, a connected relationship, I think. Because I think a lot of times there's, like, this idea that, like, your boundary is, like, this firm way of creating distance. And when I think about a boundary, I'm thinking about it in a way of just, like, I'm just sharing with you, like, this is actually what I need for me to feel more connected with you. Yeah. And if you are not able to fulfill that need, like, that's where disconnection lives. Well, disconnection can live there. Animosity can can exist there. Frustration, resentment. All those things can happen when you don't set healthy boundaries. Plus, 
you don't have a healthy relationship if that's happening. Mm. Um, so again, you know, that's why they're important. Um, if you have a relationship where it's one-sided and it's they come to tell you their world's falling apart all the time and they want you to come fix their problem all the time and you're so excited you want to tell them something happy that happened in your life and they clearly don't have the capacity to listen to that important thing they don't have the capacity for your share like you know that you might need to have to establish a boundary there's clearly not a healthy boundary there they're they're pulling more from you and then you're then you're getting back from them and that's that's not a healthy relationship you know you're not meant to be a sounding bag or a solver of all problems or a personal therapist it's these are relationships they're give and play you're sharing in life experiences so if it's that one one-sided um and we've had some friends that, that was the case and you know now we're in much healthier places you know we just had a friend visit and now it's we had a, a great dinner good interactions our kids are playing together um polar opposite from where that relationship was say six years ago hmm. it sounds like to you that um it's important that your relationships are mutually beneficial and that like you hope and anticipate that what you invest in that relationship you will also receive and so when that pull of that give and take is out of whack for a while like that is when you feel you need to set like a new boundary to be like hey you know like you're not fulfilling my need of connection here this relationship is no longer mutually beneficial yes Yeah. yeah for sure and I think, um, like, too, when I think about boundaries, I think about it in, like, three different ways. And I think two of them are, like, not so healthy ways. And one of them is, like, the goal. Like, the place you want to be going to. And I think we each could probably speak to one of these, like, pretty deeply. Um, but just, like, I'll just kind of kick us off with, like, an example, like, a high level of, like, what these are. So, different kind of boundaries. A brick wall, a doormat, Mm. and a yoga ball. Is there one of those types of boundaries that you feel like, I remember a time when I was maybe that. Oh, brick wall, baby. (laughs) So, listen. Nicole said, not healthy, bad. I'm going to caveat that. Sometimes when you go through your healing process, sometimes it's going to be needed because there, there are moments. But the trick is, you just can't stay there. Um, I, I I have a strong boundary with my family. And then when I was going through one of my personal growth things, I, I recognized that maybe I did have a wall around. Or better yet, I recently went on a, a trip out to Utah and I found myself very cut off and secluded, even though I thought I was being social. And I, I found these amazing new friends that I met. And I kind of had this, I didn't realize that in my healing process, I didn't recognize that there was a wall there. And then one of my good friends 
um, Ed had to just kind of say, hey, it's okay, man. You're in a good, healthy place. And I was like, holy crow. I had a wall there. I thought it was a boundary. And because in that, the, the trick is, is with walls, we don't allow ourselves to experience growth, to to learn new things, to develop new relationships. So I didn't even recognize it until I kind of had to get um, kind of woken up and been like, hey, it's okay. You're here with new friends. You're you're safe. Then I was able to transition from that wall to just being a nice, healthy boundary. Um, so just recognize those things that sometimes you think you might set a boundary and it might be a wall. Um, the, the nice thing about walls is that they limit your ability to be vulnerable. Um, but the trick is, is... You need to have a level of vulnerability to establish growth, personal growth, right? You got to, you know, no growth inside the comfort zones. You got to get into those uncomfortable places. So it's okay. You recognize you have a brick wall. Sit back, self-reflect, identify that you're in a good, healthy place. And, um, you know, transition out of that so you can experience some of that growth. But, um yeah, that's something that can absolutely happen. Hmm. Yeah, I think um, like the the brick wall example of a healthy boundary. I think that that is. I think the brick wall example of a boundary is not so healthy if the brick wall is your boundary for everything all the time with everyone, right? Like. Like, there, with boundaries, I think there's, like, a formula of, like, time, place, and person that comes into play, right? It's like, you know, where where am I in time in my journey in regards to this boundary? What is the setting, the environment that I'm in in relation to this boundary? And then, like, what is my relationship like with this person, with this boundary? So it's like, there, there might be times when the brick wall... If it's all the time with everyone, you're never vulnerable, it's always rigid, it's always firm, it's, your boundaries are very clearly seen and understood by everybody because the messages stay out, and I think that is an example of a not healthy boundary, but I do think that there are times when the brick wall example is needed because, like, that time, place, or person scenario has come up where it's, like, they need a, like something has changed or you haven't clearly communicated up until this point and so like they need the wall to understand the boundary well when you have a wall you're going to have your greatest level of safety and security right um but you you might be a tendency not to allow others in who can bring you up to that next level so but so many of what you so much of what you just said paired on self-reflection being cognizant of oneself if you were being self-reflective if you were being cognizant of yourself and your own how you're developing Hmm. you were ready to move out from that wall yeah the problem is is when you are you're you're not ready to move on you kind of that's why i used that ed reference because it was kind of little shake in the shoulder saying hey it's okay because i wasn't cognizant i wasn't self-aware so when you're talking about that self-awareness self um reflection growth is happening so that means you're you're working your way of getting transitioning out of that brick wall and into a healthy boundary Mm. so that's a good very good point 
I think it's so funny that, like, in the past, like, probably you were a good example for, like, the brick wall boundary because I was, like, the com- in the past, I was on the complete other end of the spectrum of the not-so-healthy boundary example of being a doormat. And can you, like... You, I, like, people I'm sure, like, who have been in my life for the past 10 years, I'm sure have, have heard me in the past say this many times. I would just be like, I am a doormat. I would literally say this to people. How many times have I said that to you? Well, like, you, you, you are a very, if it doesn't come across in the podcast, in your books, in your, um, in your blogs, if it doesn't come across, I don't know what else I can say. You're a very compassionate person. And I, I think people who are at their core are very compassionate tend to want to just help people to their own detriment um i have a tendency to put those walls up because i i have a tendency uh, between my law enforcement career my military career i have a tendency to kind of harden myself and as a safety function Mm. put up those hard walls so i think that's why we have those natural tendencies of so you being a you say doormat i say people pleaser (laughs) both of those things apply yeah they are and you feel like the bad guy by putting up those boundaries um you feel guilty in putting up those boundaries um and you know this podcast is about self-love and self-care right so we gotta keep you gotta keep that in mind when you're setting that healthy boundary yeah Uh, and i'm saying healthy because it's it's a good thing even though, like, when you're a people pleaser and you have to set that boundary, you feel dirty. And, and I know I've talked to you about that. And you feel like it's a negative. But on the outside of that, once you your friendship develops in a more healthy fashion, you know, you feel that goodness, that positivity that comes from that. Mm. Yeah, I think, like, looking at um, the doormat example of not-so-healthy boundaries what it really is or essentially it is like a lack of boundaries that you actually don't have any at all and that the people around you like are not even aware that they are crossing any of your boundaries or your threshold for your needs because essentially like you have not communicated that to them because you like you are and i'm saying i'm i'm saying this me okay in the past like i I know that there were times when I felt like a doormat and that people were rolling all over my boundaries, but it really was because I had been in the past, like in such a people pleaser kind of framework, um, that I really prioritized other people's wants and needs over my own, and that I very much attached like my value and my self worth to being able to like fulfill the needs of others. And so in the beginning of like really doing the deep work on boundaries, like even setting super small boundaries was really, really, really stretching and hard for me. So as you're saying that, you're you being and I hate using the term doormat, but I use I think of you as a people pleaser. As you're talking about that, I'm gonna ask you to help. Oh. I'm gonna ask you to help me reframe this by saying 
when you thought of me in the past tense okay, as a people pleaser because i don't want to did be i use present tense you did oh, and like all right i don't want you to do that because i'm not that person anymore right, call me out that's what we do um no I'm that's call, that is that's out. a good healthy see that's a healthy boundary um i i was kind of thinking about that and it's hard i didn't mean to sound very robotic i was thinking about that um <laughs> As far as when it comes to the doormat, for my professional, you know, me professionally speaking, I had both my both my different jobs that didn't respect my boundaries, and it was just calling at all times of the day and mm. um, expectations of me doing work when I when it was not in the work capacity. I remember, you know, because I'm not full time military; I was part time military, but full time in my law enforcement career and the expectation is, is I'm doing 20 to 30 hours off the clock in a non-duty status. Yeah. You know, when I'm, I'm sitting there and I'm trying to spend time with my daughters, I'm trying to spend time with you. And I'm like, your, your ask is way more. And then I remember, I remember that was one of the first real times in my life where I stopped. I drew a line in the sand and I said, no, this is my family time. Mm-hmm. Um, if you, I'm not in a duty status, I'm not on duty at work. I'm not being compensated in any way. Uh, I'm not working right now. Yeah. And holy cow. Um, you would think I was the greatest villain in some sort of superhero movie <laughs> by establishing a boundary. But the problem was, is because like you said, people pleaser always trying to help Mm -hmm. me always trying to go that extra mile at work that you had actually created the expectation you had created your own expectation that violated your own boundary yep and then like and this is the hard part this is the hard part is gaining back that territory once you've given it to somebody because it's like and we talk like I talk about this so often now. Like with people, with people who meet me now and establish a new relationship with me now, as like the healed and whole person that I am today, with a much like healthier self image and like a better understanding of my self worth. Like I have much healthier boundaries with them now in a new relationship because it's like a clean slate. Yeah. Versus people you've known for. 10 20 years or your whole life where you've got like so many rituals and routines years and years worth of potentially allowing these people to cross your boundaries or you unintentionally training them to cross your boundaries and then once you become healed and whole and you're like actually this doesn't feel good for me those are the hardest relationships to repair and the hardest boundaries then to enforce because you're like I did this and now I have to like communicate to this person like I know that I told you that this was okay or I led you to believe that this was okay for the past 10, 20, 30 years but this is actually really hurtful for me you know like and then you have to untrain that person it's just like those are the hardest boundaries to reestablish ground on. I can still remember the day where I was instructed this is in the military capacity off duty non-duty status instructed to update all these um, PowerPoints and do these evaluation reports and do this and do that hours and hours of work. And it was like, I, I had, excuse me, I had 
um, you know, transitional custody with one child and I had, you know, uh, next child and we were going to do a family function. We we're going to some local fair and it was a great weekend. And I was like, no. And I, I got called to the carpet screaming and yelling. And I'm like, like you, you cannot order me in a non-duty status and the look on his face. And I was like, I, you can counsel me and write me up and I'm not that type of dude, but it, I never felt so right in that very moment. I remember standing there at parade rest and I was like, no, no, this is right. Mm. This is, we're, we're moving in a new direction folks. Um, and that was my launching pad from where I was like, okay, we're going to establish new healthy work life boundaries. And I remember that moment and it was so, it just felt right in my heart. And it was tough. Yeah. It was a tough talk. Um, some people weren't happy, like you said. And I take blame because maybe I did condition them. Because, you know, you want to be the best professional soldier. You want to be the best professional officer. You want to be the professional blah, blah, blah. Um, yeah, but you want to know what else? I need to go have corn dogs at the fair with my family. <laughs> fried pickles. You have fried pickles. <laughs> I will have a donut bacon cheeseburger. I went through though like a don't very... tell my cardiologist. Uh, he knows. I had one. <laughs> the blood, the blood don't lie. The blood, the labs don't lie. Um, I like I very much understand that because I I for sure had like an evolution of understanding like what a healthy boundary and a healthy balance is in like work and professional life. Like I remember being, you know, like a young woman highly invested in her career and now I'd work my 40 hours in the office and I was very passionate about the work that I did and I would take the work home with me and I they were definitely getting more than 40 hours of work from me of course and then and then when we transitioned in that same role from being in the office to being remote you know I was working from home my boundaries got even more murky because it was like you know, the laptop is only just one room away and, like, your personal time would bleed into your professional time and vice versa. And now I've been working from home, geez, for, my goodness, like, at least, like probably eight years, I think, now. I've been working from home in one capacity or another for eight years. And so over that time... I have gleaned so much about having healthy personal and work life boundaries. And to me, it is actually essential for me, like showing up and giving 100% of my best in both of those arenas. And now, you know, that I'm in a leadership capacity, I feel like a heightened sense to model what a healthy personal and professional life balance and boundary looks like for the people that I steward because I don't want to be creating a working environment or a company culture that like encourages people to work themselves ah you just (laughs) I was going to say a sentence and then you just I took it I took it it. I'm taking you there I'm taking you there you can piggyback on it like as a leader I feel a responsibility to like model for my people like I am so proud of you when you show up in your territory in your role and own your space and I am equally proud of you when you can 
like end your workday knowing that you had impact and created value and that like what's tomorrow will still be there tomorrow. Close your laptop, close your office door and go be a fully present parent, spouse, partner, friend, whatever. Like I want that for you because play is equally as important. Play and rest are equally yes. as important to be able to then show up the next day and be powerful in your role again. And so that's my thoughts so about that. I completely 1 million percent agree with you as a leader. Now I'm going to take that to another aspect of leadership in our work environment from what I've learned in this realm, right? I've learned the importance of those boundaries. So now for me as a supervisor, when I see management who hasn't, they, they, they haven't, um, they don't understand those boundaries quite yet. So they come down and they're they're They have the ask, Hey, I need your, I need your, your officers. I need your people. I need them right now. That's phones start going and emails start going off and text messages. And if you, if you know me in that personal capacity, you're probably chuckling because you know what? Now I'm a gatekeeper to protect those, yeah. those, those employees. Um, I'm the, I'm the one that's going to push back on management and say, Hey, that person is not working. They're on a day off. You're not calling them. <laughs> There's no need to call them right now to ask, is, is it life or death? Are people dying? No. All right. Relax. I think we could probably do like a whole and entirely separate episode just on like boundaries in the work. I could do a 40 hour course. (laughs) All right. Wait, let's recap. Let's recap before we go down a rabbit hole. Okay. So examples of boundaries, right? So we talked about the brick wall Mm -hmm. when it is potentially not healthy and when it might be needed and healthy for enforcement. We talked about the doormat example, which... As a recovering doormat, I'm going to tell you it is never healthy. Don't, like, there's never a time when you should have absolutely no boundaries whatsoever. Even in your most intimate relationships, like, even even with you, like, you are the person in my life who is closer to me than anyone else in existence. Even with you and how close and connected I want to always be with you, like, there are still, there's still, like, in some way boundaries that just say, like, this is my need. And same for you to communicate it. Like, this yeah, is I'd my say t- your top three that I'm most connected with. <laughs> You're such a, tell me who these other two are. <laughs> I'm going to go murder them. <laughs> okay. And then, uh, so let's, let's finally get to the last example. The last example, which I think is, like, the goal and an example of what is a healthy boundary, and I like to call it the yoga ball. I have no clue what that means. <laughs> You're going to learn today. So the yoga ball, this this is an example of a boundary that is like a gender reminder. Like it just tells people like, this is this is my need. It's here. You can't walk through this boundary. You can bump up against it so that you can be reminded that it exists. It's not going to hurt you. It's not going to hurt me. It's just holding space. And that's what the yoga ball is. The yoga ball is just like, this is my need. You can you can brush up against it and bump it if you need to, but it's going to gently push you back. Can you give an example? Because I don't know if I'm following you here. Um, <laughs> an example of a healthy boundary? <laughs> no, example of what is the yoga ball scenario? <laughs> that, I mean, that is that is an example of... Oh, it's a metaphor. Yes. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's not literally a 
I, you're not walking around in your universe. Are you walking around in your universe with a brick wall slamming people into it? I absolutely am. I'm certainly not walking around with a doormat laying it on top of me. <laughs> it's just it's a it's a metaphor for a healthy boundary so can uh, let's do it like this can you provide an example of when you feel like someone brushed up against a potential boundary for you you Mm -hmm. gave them some feedback whether it was verbal or nonverbal, and that boundary was respected that that would be an example of the yoga ball oh all right so you're it's it's so what you're saying is it's it's the communication of Hey there, fella. You're getting a little close. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's like the smoke detector. It's like an early warning signal. It's like, hey, you know, maybe you don't know that I have this need in our relationship, but here it is in like a super casual and friendly and compassionate presentation, because if you love me, you will respect this need and you will want and desire to fulfill it so I can do the same for you. Also, I think the batteries are dead in our smoke detector. Yeah, they definitely are. Okay. Because that thing stopped beeping. (laughs) Um, Okay. So cool thing about the yoga ball metaphor or cool thing about a healthy boundary is that you can move it and adjust it at any time, right? Based on the person, Mm -hmm. your connection with that person, based on the environment. Because there might be times when you more firmly hold a boundary or loosen the boundary up based on time or place um, or keep them there, right? Hug or handshake? Hug or handshake. Oh, yeah. All right. We're not there. We're not at the hug. We're back at the handshake. But now we're back in and we're... Right. But there's lots of nonverbals that communicate to the person in advance of the awkward hug, whether or not you Oh, when you do like a half hug and the other... You don't you don't go in and you get the awkward stare. I mean, I'm a hugger, so I'm going in. You need to tell me you don't want that. Yeah, you've never had an interaction where you go to hug and the other person like leans back and you're like... Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I've definitely had yeah, that. Okay. Yeah, but you like you the person is hopefully non-verbally or verbally communicating to you. Like one of my dearest friends, she is not a hugger, okay? She does not want your physical approbation. It is not welcome to her. And even me, like I know she loves me, but I know she doesn't want my physical affirmation all over her. She's communicated that boundary to me. She just tells me, dude, I'm not a hugger. Like, don't. And it's good. Like, hmm. even though I am a hugger, it doesn't hurt me that I can't share that with her because I know me respecting that is actually me loving her. And that's okay. Okay. You know? Maybe we'll get there one day. You know who you are. I'm coming for you. Um, <laughs> moving on. Um, wow, we've talked about, we are like, we have so many questions here. Where are we at? Oh my goodness. Okay. Um, let's talk about, I feel like this is actually, this actually is, I think, a natural segue into boundary circles because we've talked about kind of different examples of boundaries, the brick wall, the doormat, the yoga ball. So now we know what are healthy boundaries, what are not healthy boundaries, when do we need to communicate them to people and how. Now there's this I, I like this visual representation of boundaries, which um, is called boundary circles. And of course, like we're communicating to you, you can't see this. But imagine in your mind's eye, a bullseye, like a target, okay? And the center dot is you, okay? You are at the center of the bullseye. 
and then around you is your first immediate circle okay and that's like your inner circle that's like your tribe your most intimate connections your immediate family probably very very few friends outside of that next bullseye is your middle circle so you might put like your extended family in there maybe some friends and then outside of that is your outer circle so that might be like acquaintances or co-workers okay so you've got in your mind's eye this picture of a bullseye we know that it is re representative of our boundary circles we are in the middle then our inner circle inner circle outer circle when you think about that sam that visual representation um is there anything that stands out to you even just about that image in your mind's eye of like the bullseye and how it represents boundaries i would almost that inner circle with me i almost have you in there um <laughs> are you serious yes i better be in your inner circle no no not inner circle is that inner circle like like the Mimi you're pretty close in there you bounce between the the me to the inner circle so oh, you can only you I love you so oh, no. much but oh, no you, you can... can come into the me oh that's yeah. so kind of you well because there's a different it's different for me than the inner circle <laughs> Um, I'm like your symbiote. I'm just like, I'm just imagining me like a spider monkey on your back with my arms, all of my extremities wrapped around you. And I'm just like, hi. Yeah, that, I described it to you like this, you know, sometimes it's like, because if it's just me, then who's got my back? Yeah. So for me, it's like this huge world and I don't want my back against a wall. So for me, I always picture it as we're back to back we have each other's back we we have 360 degree security against the world mm. um so uh, that's when i say i kind of have you in my me circle Aww. because it's me and you I love um that. thank you uh, and i'm you know i'm not it is that, that's a, it's a very you know personal thing for me to say you're an okay guy yeah thanks <laughs> top three um, okay, so inner, inner circle. Inner circle. Who's, small tribe. who's in it? Who's in your? Not you don't name names, but like, how big is your inner circle? How small is it? Like, who who do you put in there? Like you personally. So, like you just said, those those friends that come over and don't need to knock. Mm. I'd say those are those are our inner circle friends. Um, yeah. I, I is that where our kids go? Yes. Okay, just checking. <laughs> I mean, I put our kids in my inner circle. They might, they might not be in yours. These aren't like rules, right? No, I'm being, I'm joking. Oh, okay. I, I was like, dang. For those listening, I have a very dry sense of humor. Just <laughs> you even got me on that one. I'm yes, like, of Who? course, my kids are there. <laughs> Who's in um, your inner circle? <laughs> you know, so like you have immediate family, like yes, us immediate family, absolutely. Those 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 <laughs> friends that we consider not blood but we consider family mm. um and for those of you who have you know served overseas or if you've served you know in, in first responder capacity that trauma bonding that happens some of those those core friendships you might not see them every day but they're, they're my brothers they're my sisters um and when they call i answer no matter what so you know those I still consider them, whether I see them every day or not, I still consider them in my, my inner circle. Mm. Middle circle. Who's in your middle circle? Middle circle. 
Um, those are my buddies, good friends. I know, so... Your bros? Uh, I'm not a bro guy. So I know, like, <laughs> you, you talked about Outer Circle being coworkers. But like I just mentioned, you know, being that first responder oh, realm that we're in. I definitely have some coworkers that are yes. in my middle or inner circle. Yes. Like, I, for sure. Yes. Um, you know, my, my, the ones that work with me, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, they're the ones that I'll, I'll send a silly reel to, yeah. uh, but I don't send them to anyone else. So I'm, that's, yes, you know. I know exactly what you're saying. And I think this is actually like, this is a good way to go into, to the, ne- to this next kind of portion or question is like, how do you promote or downgrade the circle that somebody is in, right? Because, like, let's be honest, like, if you're if you're new to a working environment, like, or someone is new to your existing working environment, just using this example of coworkers, because this mm-hmm. is where we're coming from, like, they probably start in the outer circle, right? Absolutely. Because you're just like, you're like, oh, you've you, got to you, earn your way. Yeah, you've got your arm's length out, and you're like, I'm, I'm like, I'm, I'm not really sure that I fully know or trust you yet. Like, you need to put some deposits in my trust bank. I need to understand that we are like aligned in values. And then also, I need to know and believe and understand that like work stays at work. And if we're going to have a personal relationship, it's going to be separate. And so that's just a work example, but like, how do you determine how someone is promoted from outer circle to inner circle to inner circle or vice versa? How do you determine if someone is downgraded? Like they're in, they were in your inner circle and now they've done something that you need to push them out a little bit. Trust. <clears throat> as they earn your trust through their deeds, through their actions, through their words. As they earn your trust, you navigate inward. Through your deeds, actions, and words... If you lose my trust, mm. you're going to move outward, mm. you know, in that circle. Um, if we, we go respond on a, I train you on a task, and we, we go on a hot call, and it's high stress, and you do what you've been taught to do, and you are receptive to the guidance in that act, you begin to earn my trust, and you navigate your way inward. Mm. Um, and it's, it is, as a supervisor, as a leader... It was one of the most rewarding feelings um, that that you can feel. Yeah, for sure. And then I think, too, like, just for me, for me, especially just in this past year of, like, navigating, um, establishing, well, initially navigating for me, establishing any boundaries at all, you know, and then me kind of gradually, like, repairing my relationships, I think probably the most challenging ones to maintain for me have been the people who were invited into my inner circle at one point when I didn't have great boundaries and me coming to a place you know of of being like ready and healed enough to communicate that to them and then their willingness to like respond and respect those boundaries yeah so like if you have been in my inner circle and me like going through this healing journey and i've decided like i have created a pattern in our relationship that doesn't feel good for me and i want to share that with you now right like you have stayed in my inner circle if i've communicated that to you and you have respected and honored that and helped me grow in it 
you have been downgraded from my inner circle if I communicated that need to you and like it was not respected or valued, right? Because it's like, ultimately to me, the communication of me setting this boundary is me expressing like a core need to you and saying like, I want to feel safe with you. I want to feel loved by you and to achieve those things. Like I need you, your actions to, to align in this way. And so if you choose not to do that after I've said it or expressed it or in some way communicated it to you, you're telling me that like you don't love or value me or that I'm not safe with you. And that, that to me is like, oh, go, whoa, 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 whoa. Mm. Then I start needing to put distance because like I'm, I'm they call it hugging a cactus. Hugging a cactus. I just heard this analogy the other day. <laughs> hugging a cactus. Like you're trying to love something that is just yeah. not reciprocating, respectful, yeah, and is outright hurtful. That has been the hardest for me. Is like, as, like I have actually repaired from the outside in. Like I repaired from my outer circles and middle circles. And the hardest and most challenging work that I have done has been a, in my inner circle. And it's it's me. Hi, I'm the problem. It was me. Oh, you know? And, like, it's, it's so difficult. It's difficult to take responsibility for that. It's difficult to lose, uh, like, uh, the level of connection with people that I really love and, and value and would love to continue to have in my life. Um, yeah. The inner circle has been the most challenging for me personally, but on the other side of it, it has also been the most rewarding. Yes, for sure. <clears throat> um, okay, so that's boundary circles, the bullseye people. Protect your inner circle. Know how to promote and downgrade people and identify what are your catalysts for change. Um, okay, Sam, I got one for you. Oh boy. Ooh. Um, what are some of the environments or seasons in your life where you feel you struggled most with maintaining healthy boundaries? Well, I feel like, you know, I've talked it. we've talked about work enough, right? So, <clears throat> doing a sand pause there for a minute the um i had a really hard time and you know i was coming back from afghanistan and i was my dad's health was not good and you know and that my family dynamic at that level um my former immediate family i guess you would refer to it but it <clears throat> Listen, I understand we all have families. Every once in a while, people, you know, become the proverbial black sheep. Um, but when when you're trying to, when you're when I was when you're struggling to get better, and those boundaries are pulling you down, you're treading water, and those bond the the lack of boundaries with that with your family element is pulling you underwater to the point where it's making you unwell it's making you it's not making you better it's making you worse um and you'll find that people want 
we can't control other people's narratives of us. Some people will just naturally want us to be the villain in their story. We can't control that. We control the fact that we are not the villain in our story. You're the so, hero in your own story. Yeah. Or at least you should be. You should be. Yeah. <laughs> and it that was a hard pill because I was... I kept being told and I kept believing that I was the villain in my story. And I think that's the thing, though, is that, like, when you bring people into your inner circle, you invite their influence because, oh, like, you, oh, yes, yes, you yes. like, you trust and believe in their opinion and their feedback. It carries great weight to you. So you have to be cognizant of who you bring into your inner circle because their influence on your life and your beliefs and your values, like, exponentially increases with within each circle that they're in so your inner circle like if you have a bunch of people in your inner circle who are giving you like really critical and negative feedback like and and it, and it doesn't align when you're at your most vulnerable and you're very vulnerable because the yeah. most vulnerable yeah yeah so, it, it ha could have a, a very negative impact like on your self-worth so i had to take a step <clears throat> away from my family so that i can mentally get a little bit better get above water and just try and understand what i need to do mentally to get better um and since then i've tried to make attempts to you know heal those wounds it, i've tried but setting that initial boundary was one of the hardest things i've had to do in my life yeah you know and uh, yeah and i've done a lot of tough stuff but you know that boundary was so hard you know, and I know I was, I saw a couple people mentioned in your, uh, your insiders had mentioned something similar and it kind of like warmed my heart to think that, mm. you know, Hey, it, <laughs> I wasn't the only one that went through that tough, hard boundary setting thing. And, yeah. um, and I forget who the young lady's name was, but I, you know, it, it inspired me to hear her posting on that. So yeah, thank that you was for, Heidi. Oh, Heidi. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you for sharing that. Cause yeah. <laughs> just know that I had a, a very hard, similar scenario. So um, I feel your sister. Yeah. So um, if you're not hanging out with us in our um, love yourself ladder podcast insiders, Facebook group, um, we would love for you to join us over there. One of our insiders, Heidi, when we were kind of like ideating on this topic, she shared, um, you know, one of the stretchy places for her, um, you know, where she struggled with maintaining healthy boundaries was in her relationship with parent, with her own parents and how that influenced, um, you know, her parents' relationship with her children and her relationship with her children. And I think... I think family boundaries are always a little bit sticky and I'm um, even Sam like I can very much relate to this just like um you know going through uh recovery with one of my family members who you know has like struggled lifelong with addiction and I was very much a part of um their support network mm -hmm. in you know our younger years and you know you know, like gradually growing out of that role in their life has been very difficult because it's like, you know, I love this person. I want to see them succeed. I want to 
have them in my life and have a, a strong and connected relationship. But if it comes to a place where um, that person's influence in my life has a negative impact on my children because where they are at personally, like, like I have to come to a place where I'm where I set that healthy boundary, not only for me, but for the other people in my inner circle that I treasure, like, if I'm allowing this person to behave this way, I'm virtually saying, like, in my space, like, I'm virtually saying, I support and endorse this, and I don't, you know? And so that was a really di- a difficult family boundary for me to set, you know, to say, like, I love you, but I can't have you directly influencing me, my life, and my children until you are in a healed and whole place, you know? Um <clears throat> So I can very much relate to that. And then one of our other insiders, Samantha, um, she was sharing that um, a season in life where she has struggled with maintaining healthy boundaries has been um, with her friendships as she has grown personally. Like, it does require you, you know, like, as you level up as an individual in your personal growth, it sort of requires all the relationships in your life to level up to, you know? A rising tide raises all boats. Yeah, and so it's like some of those relationships will be ready and excited to level up with you, and some of them won't be. And I think we did touch on this a little bit, so it was interesting to see that, like, it's a theme for others in our community, too, is that, like, it can sometimes make you question, though, like, am I growing in the right direction if there are people who are in my life that have been in my life for a very long time that are, like, ooh, no, this new you is not for me. It does make you go and look, or at least it does for me, make you go back and look internally like, oh, am I growing in the right direction? Because, like, I love this person. I thought they were coming with me, but they're not. You know, and then if you do that self-reflection and you're like, no, yes, like, I, I love where I'm going and I'm proud of this. And, like, that stinks that that person's not coming along with me. So, I mean, I have a friend who I consider to be in our inner circle and you know I I I wanted to rise as I was moving forward I really wanted to bring them up with us and I say us cuz I think that the person is in both of our inner circles and um man I was really saddened to see that the opposite happened and they kind of swam out of our inner circle and it just kind of hurts my heart yeah um you know what though that's not to say that like other people aren't on their own you know healing journey and that they don't need their no, own that's a good point that's you a know? Very, that's a very very fair and good point like space and time you know to say that like if if <clears throat> if like our paths crossed again at some point in the future and we did find that our values and needs were aligned like that would be something else but anyway can i say something so me and one of my one of my good friends actually my friend ed that i had referenced earlier we're discussing a movie and it, it talks a lot about this on a very metaphorical level um it talks about setting boundaries it talks about you know take being the the bigger person and trying to help someone overcome their personal trauma and bringing that next person up with you so 
this, sorry, this thought just came to mind, and it was something that me and my buddy Ed that I talked about earlier were, frequently would discuss. And it's it's a movie. Um, it's a movie that metaphorically talks about working through personal trauma, working through it in a professional capacity, trying to get lead others to work through their trauma, and setting you know understanding when someone you don't have healthy boundaries and you're pulling someone down you know um it's a it's a movie called the guardian stars uh kevin costner and ashton kutcher uh not a very popular movie have i seen this you pulled the nicole role of we turn a movie on and (laughs) And fall fall asleep. asleep In the opening scenes. It's not that I don't want to watch it's it. Such, it's just that it's I'm so cozy. Such a greatly written movie. It's about you know it's about these individuals that are serving in the Coast Guard as a rescue swimmer. Um, the writing's great, acting's great, but the story, when you really break it down, um, it just it just relates so well. So if you get the chance, um, it's worth a watch. Sorry, that was my two cents. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, okay, so, curiosity. <laughs> Maybe this is, this is, this is to positively impact our marriage. <laughs> what specific boundaries are not, excuse me, sir. That's, yeah, that's yes, that. I see the notes. Okay. Okay. Says I ask you. Oh. All right. But, but the answer is from you. Yeah, I don't know think so note writer messed that up <laughs> well if you had gotten on the google doc i don't google docs bro well guess what you're a podcast host now you need to level up your tech sir I'm a co-host i i don't know i'm not uh, sure. i'm a guest host i don't know you're basically a guest at this point. <laughs> you're not you're a guest right now if you can't get on this google doc you are a guest <laughs> bye <laughs> Okay, go ahead. Ask your question. What specific boundaries are non-negotiable for you? I didn't have any. Things that you can't compromise on because they have value or fulfill a core need. Hmm. It was on the Google Doc. Yeah, but I thought I was asking you this question. It's all good. You wrote S2N. I know, you're right. I feel like... I'm we, sorry, what? We, Is that live on the you podcast? You were right. <laughs> um, Please don't edit that out. No, I'm leaving it in. Um, specific boundaries that are non-negotiable for you, for me. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't put notes to this question to collect my thoughts. Now I'm rambling. Um, the word that is sticking out in my mind is just like, is integrity. Oh. Um. It nice. is it is incredibly important and valued to me in all of my relationships that um, that I know that you are doing and saying the right things, like that you are presenting yourself as the same person, like to my face and behind closed doors. And in your interactions with other people that you are showing up authentically, that I can trust that the version of yourself that you are sharing with me is the truest version of yourself. Um, that, to me, is non-negotiable. Like, I would prefer, like, every person that I truly love, like, I would prefer your ugly truth over your pretty painted picture of who you think that I want you to be. Like, 
integrity is non-negotiable for me. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. How about you? Specific boundaries that are non-negotiable for you? Um, yeah, you don't get to violate my home boundary. What is that? What is that? What does that mean? Home boundary, kind of like when we were talking about when I was establishing those work boundaries. Um, hey, you need to stop what you're doing and do X, Y, Z. Uh, and this actually happened the other day. I was on the Essex team train with you uh, and the girls. Or no, that was just Nora. Um, so it was like, hey, no, I'm not doing that thing. I'm out on an, a steam train ride with my family. Gypsy is being a playful little buddy now. Why do we have so many cats? That's sure. the real question. You know, you know what my non-negotiable boundary is? <laughs> A particular number of cats. We no longer have a rodent issue. Dude, you have a problem. We do not need this many cats. We were on a farm with a rodent issue. We no longer have a rodent issue. You're welcome. You are not on a farm anymore. All your cats are in the house. They're not doing their job in the barn. Anyway, home boundaries, Essex team train. Yes. So I, you know, doing, sitting at home, doing all the after hours work. um, I understand there's times where I do have to, but. You know, I put myself in a work status and I'm compensated for it. But, and you know what? I'll be honest. Like, my, my. (laughs) Go get the carrot from your cat. (laughs) This is ridiculous. But he never gets to play. Sam, now is not the time for carrot cat. (laughs) This is ridiculous. All right. Well, he's dealing with carrot cat. I actually want to circle back we're gonna circle back to the conversation or or the non-negotiable boundary that i shared which was about like having integrity in our connection in our relationship and showing up as your most authentic self i just want to revisit that topic because the reason why it is such like a core need for me is because I, I have a very strong, like, sense of people. Like, I get, like, an intuition about people. And when someone is showing up, like, as their most genuine self, it just, it builds such trust mm-hmm. for me mm-hmm. that I immediately want to invite them in. Yeah. And on the other end of that spectrum, like, there are... So many times when I really want to enhance my connection with someone, but I sense or feel that there are aspects of themselves that they are withholding from me. And so I can't invite them into other circles in my boundary bullseye because I feel like if you are withholding elemental parts of yourself from our relationship then you don't trust me yet, right? And, like, I can't promote you into the next ring in my circle if I haven't earned your trust in some way or, like, if there are elements of our relationship that remain hidden. You know what I'm trying to say? It's These are absolutely normal evolutions of relationships. Um, this is going to naturally happen. Like, I'm not, I'm not going to meet... You know, Joe Willikers off the street and throw him my life story. I've been burned too many times. 
So I speak have... for yourself. I tell everybody my life story. Yeah, and that's why we're having this podcast right I now. Have no boundary. Yeah. That, <laughs> congratulations. That's why we're here. Um. So, yeah. I mean, as you and I think that's absolutely what you just said is absolutely normal. I don't take offense to it. As you develop and foster the relationship, as you develop and foster the trust, those things that they're holding on to, because I'm only going to release those nuggets as someone has earned my trust, mm-hmm. as I feel safe and secure in their sphere. So, but, but, yes, I do think that the trust is an element of it. But I also believe that that in some ways, like, in society, like, we have normalized people walking around with masks on. And a lot of times they don't even realize that they are putting people at a distance or withholding things from themselves or that people can see through their mask. And so they don't realize that they're not fulfilling that need in our relationship because like, they don't have an awareness to the mask that they are wearing, you know? But for me, a lot of times, like it, it is so obvious and it, it's just like it hurts. I'm like, I really, I want, I want to see you. I don't care if well, it's ugly. Okay, so here's the thing. We, I talk, I shared a story about when I was in Utah, and and I didn't realize I had a wall until my my buddy said, "Hey, you're okay. You're in a safe spot." I didn't realize that was a thing until he kind of shook my shoulders, and then I was able to shed that level of mm. healing trauma, whatever you want to call it. I, I was able to drop that wall. I didn't know the wall was there. Mm. So, I mean, I had a, a, that was a great friend who took a step to help me take a step. Mm. Right. So as we move through our relationships, don't think that person's holding this back. Maybe that person needs you to take that step forward and work through that piece that they're working through or mm. don't even realize they're working through. Mm. So mm. I don't know. That That's where my brain went when you said that. Yeah. It's my two cents. Okay, so this is good. Um, what advice would you give to someone who felt like their boundaries were being crossed? The key to this one is going to be communication. You're not going to like it. You know why? Because it's sometimes it's an uncomfortable communication. I mean, some people might like it. <laughs> someone what? Some, some people might like it. <laughs> I listen. I have had more uncomfortable conversations this year than ever before. But now, don't you think that the more that you have them, the easier it gets? Yes, I do, and I think that I've seen so much personal development in the people that I'm interacting with and with myself through these uncomfortable conversations. I like to call them brave conversations because it's like if you call it uncomfortable you're like predicting that it's going to be uncomfortable no when you say brave conversations i should think of the brave little toaster one of my favorite cartoons of all time you are a brave little toaster dude that was a great little short film so that's or a, a short cartoon rather. it's a solid movie so why wouldn't you want to be like a brave Would, little is it really toaster? a movie or is it a short film it's a movie okay anyway it's a brave, so, it's a brave conversation because i do think it takes courage to give people feedback, to set a boundary, and it takes courage for that person to receive that. Let's in a call them way. critical conversations. No, I don't like that. I'm calling it brave. You can call it whatever you want. Yeah, well, that's what I wrote in the notes. Uncomfortable is what you wrote. Yeah, because you're making me uncomfortable. <laughs> Good. <laughs> okay, Jocko. All right, so um, some things you can think about the 
the I statement instead of the you statement. Why, Nicole, why do you feel like that could be important? Um, because I think sometimes when we have these brave conversations Good. that, like, we want to stay out of the sphere of, like, placing or assigning blame or ownership. Like... I can control my actions, I can control what I think and believe, and I can control how I respond. I can't control you, your actions, what you think or believe, or how you respond, but I think it's almost like a knee-jerk reaction when people feel like they have a boundary that has been crossed for them to communicate it to somebody by being like, well, you did X, Y, Z thing. But that's not necessarily communicating your need. It's simply just like highlighting someone else's behavior that you have no control over. So I think using I statements instead of like you messages or like exclamations is, is really supportive and just like, I don't know, like minimizing tension just to be like, listen, like, you know, one XYZ thing took place like it made me feel blah 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 you know I would like to feel closer to you and to achieve that we could change xyz mm -hmm. you know and so instead of being like you 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 and the person just receiving blame like bullets you know like you take some ownership over the situation effectively communicate your need and like i don't know like like preserve your individuality in the circumstance too because it's like like you want to respect and honor that person's needs as well like i don't know you know what i'm trying to say oh i do because i just i explained to you that i had a horrible day at work and my horrible day started with management coming down with you 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 and then you know what that meant I laced up my freaking boxing gloves yes. and I was like, let's go. Yes. I spent an entire eight hour day in a boxing match with management over ridiculousness. But I bet you that. Oh, yeah. Say it. Please do. I bet you that if in the delivery of that feedback, if that person had taken some ownership over the situation and focused on the self instead mm -hmm. of you. That it would have diffused it because you would have felt like the approach was collaborative instead of blame placing. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, like, I, I had, and I, I tried, we have a challenging four-year-old, right? She constantly is teaching me that if, if my approach with her is not working... I need to stop, detach, reassess the situation, attack it from a new um, position, right? Come at her from a new angle. Mm -hmm. um, I'm trying to use different frameworks for different peoples, right? So she constantly forces me to do that, which is amazing because, you know, when I was having a, 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 one of my employees I was trying to reach kind of went into that realm of almost as if I was doing the you and I wanted to be very intentional with the hey I need to help I need to we need to achieve this mission how can I get you there um, and it became defensive I, I had to 
I, I thought of my daughter and I was like, all right, stop, detach. Let's reassess the scenario. Let's approach it from a different angle. I, I, I need you to, we, we got to get the thing done. So let's, you know, how can I get you there? And, you know, I'm very thankful that my four-year-old is teaching me leadership, you know, challenges, but she is, and I'm super happy about it. But I, there's no way I can approach that from a you, you, you. Mm. It couldn't. Yeah, I think, I think basically every circumstance can be diffused by infusing some ownership. Like, by embodying ownership and accepting that everybody, everybody owns a little slice of this pie, it brings us into a space of, like, yeah let's do this together we're a team mm-hmm. um and that always uh, always moves the conversation in a more positive direction okay so let's wrap this puppy on up Boop. what do you think um okay so each episode uh we share an actionable way to implement what we are learning together so you can start weaving an intentional practice of self-love into the fabric of your beautiful life and so for this episode's love yourself louder challenge um we are gonna hook you up with the three steps uh to setting healthy boundaries and so step one identify your wants and needs yeah identify your wants and needs so what are your non-negotiables what are things that preserve your peace what are things um that honor your self-worth step two challenge and reframe your thoughts that get in the way setting clear boundaries yeah don't fall into the trap of prioritizing other people's wants or needs over your own or um, falling in uh, feeling uncomfortable about having a conversation that might lead to conflict I think sometimes we can avoid maintaining our boundaries or allowing people to cross them because we're afraid of that uncomfortable conversation step three visualize yourself setting that boundary and say it out loud. Yeah, say it louder. Louder. So loud. Um, so cool thing, like your brain does not know the difference between you practicing doing something and you actually doing it. Um, so you can strengthen these new neural pathways in your brain by visualizing yourself setting this healthy boundary. Like literally just take a few minutes to imagine having this conversation with that person see yourself saying these words visualize them receiving it in a positive way like allow yourself to just soak in um the the emotional response you get to that and then even sometimes like saying these healthy boundaries out loud um is another way to strengthen these neural pathways like earlier on the episode um when sam had mentioned like in in like the present tense like you are a people pleaser i was like ah, ah, ah no like i used to be like, I used to be a people pleaser. I I once was. Like, even saying it out loud, the more often that you do that, it strengthens strengthen these new neural pathways and helps you cloak yourself in the truth of this new identity. So, three steps to setting healthy boundaries. Identify your wants and needs. Challenge and reframe thoughts that get in the way of setting clear and healthy boundaries. And visualize yourself setting that boundary and say it out loud. Out loud. <laughs> 
Um, so if you've got burning questions or self-love celebrations, drop them in the Love Yourself Louder treasure chest. Thank you so much to our insiders um, who shared some of their insights from their journey. It's wonderful to be able to um, highlight you guys on each episode. Um, share the love, spread the wisdom, submit your questions at loveyourselflouder.com backslash questions. We can't wait to dive into your thoughts. Thanks for tuning in, lovely listeners. If you enjoyed today's episode, don't forget to hit that subscribe button so you don't miss a thing when new episodes drop. Um, Leave us a review. Share your growth mindset wins that you're unlocking along this journey with us. And until next time, remember that clear is kind with your boundaries and just keep on loving yourself louder. Bye. Bye.